It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry, we're laughing. It's just, that was bad timing. Um, so, hello everyone, and welcome uh, to another pod special. I'm joined with uh, former GBU captain Chris Cook. How are you, Chris? As good as anyone could be in these times, Rambo, but yeah, not too bad. Thank you very much. And uh, what have you been doing to sort of occupy yourself during these, uh, these sort of weird times that we're living in at the moment? Well, I'm lucky um, for the fact that I'm on my girlfriend's farm. So um, we've got all the horses and that to look after. And I've got my last bit of uni work to do before I graduate. Um, but other than the horses, uni work and drinking, then uh, it's a bit of training as well. So get, getting out, getting in the forest and doing a bit of training as well. I'm ready for the hockey season when it approaches. And uh, have your coaches been keeping in touch with you for the for the hockey season, giving you stuff to do? Um, not so much giving us stuff to do I think they give us like an element of trust of um, keeping our fitness up and, and, and that um, but I mean being, obviously being in contact about you know re-signing for a new season and everything but I mean fitness wise it's all pretty much done to us um, and obviously I said there's an element of trust so we can sort of do our own thing enjoy ourselves but you know be sensible at the same time um, so first things first I always ask everyone this um, how, how did you discover ice hockey what made you become an ice hockey player that's, that's, a, that's, a, uh, that's a good question um, so uh, my dad back in the day he um, so when the flames the Guilford flames started up he um, they needed someone to help sort of do merchandise programs that kind of thing and he um, and my nan and grad used to watch Wembley Lions back in the day and obviously being from Guilford at these times uh, and dad sort of jumped at the chance um, spoke to sort of got involved and everything and then spoke to John Hepburn who was the owner at the time well he still is the owner actually but he doesn't run it you know so much anymore but yeah so um, he um, he said to dad has Chris ever tried hockey and stuff and then dad said no I can't really afford it because I'm a single parent and then John was like don't worry about that so John set me up with a junior program and sort of me out um, some kit from his from his sons some second hand kit from his sons and the rest is history really Alright, so um, you started you started off in the Guildford Junior Program, is that is that correct? Then? Okay. Yeah, yeah, so I, I did all my juniors in Guildford. Okay, cool. And, and what was it like growing up uh, in uh, in England playing hockey? It's obviously, we've had a Canadian on and a, a Scotsman on and we've had a, fin- a guy from Finland, so it would be nice to get the, uh, the English perspective of playing junior hockey. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, you know, you have a lot of people comparing it to over the pond and Europe and that. But obviously, when you've been, you know, born and bred hockey in this country, you don't really notice sort of anything in comparison to them, if you know what I mean. I mean, I was lucky in the fact that, you know, I've had some great coaches, you know, Fred Pelini, who played for the Maple Leafs, and Terry Curtinback, who's another Canadian that played on these shores, and Milos Melicherik, who played, you know, high end Slovakia and played for the Flames for years. You know, he's best mix of Gabrick and that. And. I mean, the, the, you know, we're lucky in the program that I was in to have these sort of coaches because that brings your hockey to another level, sort of the intensity and stuff. I mean, not we were lucky in the fact that with Milos and Terry, Terry worked with the D, Milos would work with the forwards, and then we'd bring it back at the end of the session and work together. Not every club had that luxury. Um, and I think there's a massive sort of gap between um, junior clubs in this country with the element of coaching at the top end and the element of coaching at the bottom end where you've got sort of parent coaches at the bottom and then you've got obviously guys like Milos and Terry that you know Terry's played for Team Canada and Milos played for Slovakia and juniors and stuff and it makes such a sort of massive gap and sort of you know ice time as well in the fact you know when we're in Guildford we had quite a lot of ice time you know you go to a different club they might have so much ice time so it's hard to kind of put a perspective on um you know, how, how was it? Because I think everyone's opinions sort of change 
with the fact they grew up. And obviously, I was very lucky to be surrounded by the people that I was surrounded with. Okay. And uh, every team has them. I played for Murrayfield Juniors when I was younger, and so we hated Fife. What, what was the big rivalry when you were when you were a junior? Bracknell. Bracknell. Which, ironically, who I'm playing for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we, we will get to that. And then... Um, were you so you said you, you obviously grew up in Guildford? Did you support the Flames? Did you go to a lot of their games? Yeah, so I was. I mean, I, I went. I mean, from what my dad said, my my first Flames game was when I was thirteen days old. So I've been. I, I mean, I've, I've been. I've been. I've been through Guildford through generations and stuff. And obviously, I, I'd watched the Flames many years before, and it was a dream of mine to play. And then thanks to John, you know, and, and obviously thanks to my dad who ferried me around the country and everything. That was um, a dream come true. And then, you know, 17 years later, here we are talking to you about it. So it's um, it's certainly been a long and winding road. And uh, at what point, um, I think there was a joke, you made a, you made the joke on our Facebook page that you're a defensive <laughs> defenseman. Uh, at, what, at what point did you uh, decide to... Uh, or did you realise that D was a position for you? When I, when I was a kid, I was never quick enough to be a forward. <laughs> right. <laughs> and But the thing is, I had size on my side as well. So me thinking I wasn't quick enough to be a forward and the coaches thinking I had the size to be a D man, kind of just, I just, I just started straight in. I mean, originally when I was, I mean, I was, I'm talking when I was six or seven, I mean, my favourite player was Sergei Fedorov. For some reason, I don't know. Apart from my support of Detroit. And he just had a cool sounding name at the time. And I always wanted to be a centerman like him or a winger. I can't even remember what he was. Uh, but I was always better at skating backwards than I wasn't skating forwards. So it just kind of slotted in perfectly. <laughs> and um, for someone who's maybe just starting out, what, what, um, what would you say the coolest thing about being a big uh, D-man is? <laughs> oh, well, that's a tough question. I think, it's, I think it's the pride you take in not being scored on as much as that might sound to the newcomer once you start and get into it I think that's the biggest thing is the pride in not being scored on your plus minuses and then sort of helping out points wise where you can and just shutting teams down I think that's the biggest sort of thing that as a, as a, as a D-man I think that's the biggest thing you can take pride in is just shutting teams down and helping out where you can yeah okay and um Obviously, once once you become a D man, you get into hockey. I I was D originally, and then I moved to goal. So my hero became Dominic Hasek as a junior. Yeah. Um, who were who were some of your heroes and inspirations for the way that maybe you play? Um, NHL wise, I'm gonna say it was three of them. Obviously, the, the first one I mentioned was Sergei Fedorov, but that was before I knew how to skate. Um. And then probably the wise I'd say Nick Lidstrom and Chris Pronger. But then growing up with Guildford, I think my biggest influences were closer to home. And that would be um, Marion Smirchak, who was um of the Flames. He played in the Olympic Games of Slovakia. He was awesome. Like he was, he was, he was never quick, but he was like he was just awesome. Probably had the hardest shot I've ever seen. And then Paul Dix, who was lucky enough to be my coach when I moved up to the Flames. So I'd say they're my biggest influences. Okay, okay. And, um, and what what league were the, the Flames playing in at that time? Things have changed so much. I mean, the last yeah. time I watched British hockey avidly, uh, the top level was the Racers the first time round, um, <laughs> which is 1990. That Super League or BNL? That was when they were in the British Premier League. Um, the Racers oh, the, were never yeah. in the Super League. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what, what 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 level were the Flames? Were they were they Super League back in the day, or is it what when I was playing for them, or when you were growing up watching them? <laughs> so when I was growing up watching them, and they were in the BNL. Right. So that's for anyone that's not aware. That's the league that's that's British National League. Yeah. Yeah. Below the Elite League, I think, wasn't it? I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so, was there? I mean, what was the import situation now? Because right now the Elite League just seems like it's basically who can buy the most Canadians or Finns or whatever. But what's the, what was the... Think, sorry, mate. I, I, think it was pretty, I think it was pretty similar. You're asking me to think a bit now. Um, yeah, I think, I think it was pretty similar. I think there was more... I'm, I'm not... 
it's a really difficult one because it's a bit of a difficult, not difficult subject, but like, uh, were British players back then good enough to play in that league, or were they just given the opportunity? Whereas, you know, obviously compared to the elite league now, where it's sort of similar imports and stuff, the British players good enough to play in the elite league, or do they have the opportunity? Um, I mean, it was, it's very similar to the elite league now. I mean, you, you see, you know, 14, 15 guys, um, a lot of ex-NHL has played and they obviously came over during the lockout and stuff. Um, obviously now in the Elite League that you've got a lot of um, ex-NHL too. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd say it's similar now to the Elite League where you've got quite, you know, you've got a lot of imports and stuff and I think, but I think there was more opportunity for um, the average Brit to sort of um, shine, if you, if you will, and, and perform. It was a lot harder about that as well. You know, coaching back then was a lot tougher from, from what I hear with some of my teammates, um, which might have molded them into the player that they were. So. That's, that's fair enough. Now, um, obviously, you said you started your, your hockey with junior, uh, Guilford Juniors. How, how did that progress to, I think you're now with Bracknell, you're with Bracknell now, who were your yeah. sworn enemies. So what? where did your career go after junior? So obviously I did my full like juniors in Guildford. Um, I then progressed to the Flames for three years. So I played for the Flames for three years. Um, obviously, I still like really quite young. So I did one on two way with Invicta. Um, I pretty much moved down there because my girlfriend the next season, but it didn't work out with Invicta. To be honest with you, I didn't enjoy it. I don't know if you can listen to this, but I didn't enjoy it. Um, so I moved to the Isle of Wight with Jeremy Cornish. And then, obviously, we had some issues with the rink, with um, the owners of the rink and stuff. So they took the rink away, and they sort of demolished it a little bit. So we then moved to Streatham, where I enjoyed two years, and then moved to the Bison last year. And then, um, with my dissertation and stuff, I, I dropped down again, and then went and played for the Hornets. Because um, I knew the, the coach and assistant coach, and I thought they put together a really good plan and idea and stuff so you know I wanted to enjoy hockey again I didn't really enjoy hockey that much last year it was getting, it was sort of becoming a bit of a chore uh, um, so I, I just want to enjoy hockey again um, so I, I went with them and loved it last year um, yeah I was about to call them the Bracknell Bees but that's a different team more do they yeah, still exist? Uh, yeah no I, I dropped down from my, from my uni work so that's, that's fair enough you you got got to do that first and foremost um, so um, I, I'm uh, I'm I'm slowly learning about it. But can you can you tell us a bit about the league structure in NHL where it stands now? I know it changed from being EPL and all the rest of it. But funny, funny enough, you asked that. I just did my dissertation on that. <laughs> so <laughs> as much of that I can remember. Yeah. So obviously, um, you had you had the EPL, uh, which Guildford was still a part of, Milton Keynes was still a part of. Um, and then it got restructured into um, a national league with with um, so two two separate divisions. So obviously you have Basingstoke, Bratnell, um, uh, who else? Yeah, Streatham, Milton Keynes, that kind of thing in the south. Up north you had Hull, Sheffield, Telford, and obviously this year they restructured it again. So then you had sort of the old EPL teams that hadn't moved up to the elite league play against each other so you had Hull against Bison and Bees against Telford and stuff like that and then obviously teams moved down to the first division the teams also coming up and then obviously you got the, uh, the second division which is kind of the same thing anyway so there's been a lot there's been a lot of toing and throwing and a lot of confusion but I think we finally kind of got the gist of, of what's happening within the leagues right right okay um, and uh, you, so you'll obviously have played in a lot of different rinks. But where's the where's the worst place you've ever had to go play hockey? Oh, oh, that's that's a good question. Um, the worst rink. Ironically, I used to hate Bradmont <laughs> because it used to be really, really hot. I mean, I'm talking sauna hot. Um, but then you got a lot of nasty rinks as well. Peterborough, we used to play against the Phantoms. That was that was pretty bad. Um, I think the worst rink has to be Gosport. Gosport, did they play? That to- is 
And that's where the, the Spitfires play their, their games, I believe, sometimes as well. Uh, yeah, 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 it's not good. Rambo, it's not good. I mean, you're talking, you're talking, I, I, uh, you're talking Sheffield's goal line to blue line as half of, not even that, as half of the ring, not even that, probably half of that. And then you're talking one shower between 22 guys. Right. <laughs> so, so it's not good. <laughs> I think it's like, I think it's like a Southern Grimsby. I've never, I've never played in Grimsby, but I think it's like a Southern Grimsby. Right, right, okay. Um, I, I've never experienced uh, Gosport. Um, the furthest south I think I've been is Slough, which I actually thought was okay as a rink. It wasn't brilliant, but it was okay. Um, Slough's all right. Slough's all right. Yeah, Slough's all right. Yeah. Um, and where's the, uh, obviously the next question is, where's, where's the best rink uh, to play in the, in the UK, from, well, from your perspective? <laughs> Uh, um, I love how you put UK in there. <laughs> I didn't want to jump the gun on the net on on the bits further on in the, in the questions. Yeah, 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 no. Um, the be- the th- obviously the spectrum in Guildford always holds a place in my heart. Um, I'm gonna say the spectrum just because I grew up with it and. I feel com- I feel comfortable in the spectrum, so I'm going to say the spectrum. For, for me personally, I've never had the chance to play at Nottingham, bizarrely. Mm, yeah. So, and I know that that comes up quite a lot, but um, yeah, I think yeah, I think the spe- for, for me the spectrum, not not so much the ice, but just the way I feel playing. I'd say the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, me personally, it's always been Murrayfield, and then people will come to it and think, you know, that there's places in Bosnia that are probably better to play hockey. So, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's like an old school rink, but it's, it's cause that's where I grew up playing. So I can, I can understand that. Um, now obviously, uh, in the NHL, um, in the NHL one, there's a lot of commitment being on the road, a lot of weekends in the winter. Um, yeah. do you got a, what's your sort of, and obviously I'll ask you to keep it respectfully clean, but what's your sort of your best road trip memories from, from your days in the NHL. That's, that's there. No, um, can I go back to the EPL for one of them? Of course you can. Of course you can. <laughs> it's when we won the playoffs in Coventry. Right. Um, um, we just had a load of bucket. We just had a literally bucket full of beers on the bus. Um, and it was just, I mean, I can't say much more, but it was just carnage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I think last year was one of the best ones where we did. So we finished the season um, and we did like a rookie idol. So everyone had like, so anyone that hadn't played league hockey in this country or the juniors stepping up and stuff had to do like tasks and that. <laughs> we put one of the guys, we, we sock taped his hands together with a bottle of rosé and made him walk into the service station, order us all McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Stark naked. Oh dear. <laughs> Oh yeah, you never got arrested for public indecency, but yeah, that was that was a good one. Um, but I can't really share much else because I'll get me in trouble. <laughs> we might get a lot more than just you in trouble by the sounds of it. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so so obviously, uh, you, you've you've played the NHL. How many how many times have you won the the NHL trophy now or EPL trophy? Won the EPL trophy two times, maybe three. And then I've won playoffs in the NIHL. And I don't think I've won a league trophy in the NIHL. Yeah. Okay. But I've um, won two, two EPLs in the playoffs, yeah. Cool, cool. And um, um, we, get, we do, believe it or not, get um, a couple of people who are like, they're right into all the hockey in the UK and know every player in NIHL and stuff. Who, who's, the, who's the sort of toughest player you've ever played against? The toughest player I've played against? Yeah. Oh, it's got to be it's got to be um, Jeremy Cornish before he became a coach. And what what club was he from? I'm not. He was. Know, well, obviously he played, he played elite league throughout the country. But when I played against him, he was playing for the Isle of Wight, and then I saw him in the Isle of Wight the next year. Right. But he was. Um, yeah, he, he was. Yeah. He, he he came he came with a rep. So it's one of those guys you just don't. Yeah. No. Don't don't, don't bother. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's been some tough guys. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, have you you been involved in any fisticuffs yourself in the NHL? Do you know what? Only only one. Um, but I, I try and I try and sort of. I, I don't really. That's the thing. It's not really my game. You know, I stick up. I stick up for teammates um, when I need to, and you know, I throw a nice hit when I need to. But I mean, I I I, I don't really tend to get involved in one-to-one toe-to-toes. Um, I, I, I prefer the game. I mean, I, th- I think I think fighting's got a place in hockey, don't get me wrong. But I think every player's got their role, and that's not my role. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I quite like just watching a game of hockey with it's, it's hard work. You don't need to have all the fights for me, but um, I know... Yeah, I know. Like your kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms, in terms of... Uh, what was I going to say next? Oh yeah, so you're obviously playing in the NHL, but then um, you get called up. I think the first year would have been 2017. You end up in the GBU setup, is that right? Yeah, that was a funny story. So how did how did you get involved with with the GBU setup first? What, what? <laughs> so an old teammate of mine, uh, Dan Rose, he. Um, you must. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. I don't know. But um, so, so we went to the same uni, albeit very briefly. Um, and he and we just sat down at the canteen one day. Thought, oh, we go, we go and grab a drink and get some lunch and stuff, and sat in the SU and all that. And he's like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna Kazakhstan next year. I went, what? He went, yeah, yeah, this, this uni hockey kind of thing. I went, oh, so I'd never heard of it at the time. Um, and then. He was like, yeah, yeah, we had like trials and stuff and and, and all that and, and that. So I was like, oh, give me give me the number, you know, how to contact and all that because he was saying, oh, you'd be a good fit for it. We need D-men, blah blah blah. Um, and then I I, I contacted the number. I did. I I think it was Ho- I think it was Simon Hopkins at the time. Correct me if I'm. Yeah, he's been he's been the G, the GBU guy since base until basically last year. So doing the time. Um, yeah, and then he was like, "Come along," and then me, me and me and Rose went up to Sheffield, proud, and then and then yeah, we got sort of got selected and had a great time going away and stuff. I mean, I mean, uni hockey is one of my favourite weekends of the year, which is unfortunate because obviously all of this has kind of stopped it, but it's one of my favourite parts of the year because you enjoy your hockey and it's fun and you're with guys, you know, I'm with guys that I played juniors with, but I've not played seniors with, and it's all about catching up and having a good time. Yeah, yeah, and. Um... In, te- in terms of the, the the actual trip to Kazakhstan itself, um, how was that experience? What was what was it like stepping up against some of these some of these kids that might even make it in the show uh, that you play against in these tournaments? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, like we 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 knew it was going to be hard, and we knew it was going to be tricky, and I think. Um, I think for a lot of us that went to Russia, we didn't understand the kind of caliber that we were up against. I mean, I mean, Canada had two or three draft picks, and one of them tried out for the Oilers, I think it was. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to put into perspective, but there's almost no pressure on you. Obviously, there's no, there's no pressure on you because you're not expected to win. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those where, all right, we got you know we we got pumped, but you never know what might happen. And obviously against Korea, we didn't know what to expect, and we and we beat them. So it's that's a, that's a, that's a success um, in my eyes. But I mean against Canada and that against the USA, I mean, I mean that's that's probably my my highest hockey moment is getting an assist against the USA. I mean who else can say that? So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it was yeah, it was definitely it was definitely an eye opener and, and, and how um, in comparison like our ages at the time you know sort of twenty two against twenty two really really worked out and that kind of puts perspective uh, British hockey into perspective where you know these guys have a lot more ice time and, and coaching and things to their disposal and we and we don't and you just think what could happen if we had that exactly yeah and then you. So you went on that the first trip to Kazakhstan, and I think you picked up a win against Korea. Is that the is that the only win in that that trip? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they gave me only AK. Only, only one win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> get to end up Rambo. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, I, I, I apologise <laughs> if that comes across crazy. I think the... Uh, I remember the women's team team had a 2-1 game with USA and that was that was a big thing at the time as well. But um, yeah. So fast forward two years, you're going to, you're going to Russia, um, and you're uh, you're playing there for the first time. They had to move the tournament back because of where where it was. Can you describe where you were in Russia, sort of what it was like there, because I get the impression it was like Siberia or something. So yeah, so um, we we were obviously so we were in the middle of Siberia. Um, I don't think any of us knew, like, before we set off, I don't think any of us knew where we were actually going. Obviously, such a vast country. Um, so we had, a, we had a flight to Moscow, which is about four or five hours, and then it was like a nine-hour flight to Krasnyarsk. Um, and it was, it, was, it was pretty cold, I'm not going to lie. Um, but you, it's a, like, with, with Russian, that you never really know what to expect because you hear so many stories... Yeah, yeah. But I mean, just just literally, just like Kazakhstan, like everyone was so welcoming. Um, it was pretty cool. Obviously, we got you know our stuff for the ring straight away. Um, the ceremony, like Putin was there, and literally all the all the big dogs were there and stuff. And it was it was pretty similar to Kazakhstan. It seemed it was it was a lot more serious than Kazakhstan from our point of view, because obviously you had such a core that went to Kazakhstan and knew what we were up against. Yeah. Uh, so it was a lot more serious. Like we came up with like sort of a playbook, two of us and obviously with the coaches and that, and you know, there's an element of professionalism, which hadn't been there before. And just, just things like that just made the whole thing a lot more um, professional and sort of what you'd expect. So almost like a replica of the, obviously not the Olympics, but obviously like a replica of the Olympics and, and, and how we were. And obviously like the athletes village was phenomenal. Um, I mean, I don't have a bad word to say about it. And then obviously we got that famous win. Um, and, and you can't ask for much more really. And uh, yeah, I remember. I remember um, it came through on my on my phone that you guys had won there five four against Sweden, um, mm. and uh, it, it was in the middle of the the agent room in Dundee at the time uh, when yeah. it came through. Let us sort of woohoo! Everyone looked at me weird. I had to explain what was going on. Uh, <laughs> it was, um, but no, that was that was a huge win. I mean, talk us through leading up to that game. Obviously, things maybe hadn't went your way, particularly on the ice. You'd had a tough game against Latvia and, and Canada and stuff before was it Canada you played before it yeah uh, yeah so we yeah so actually funny thing about Canada so I, thought, I think I think our first game was against Canada and exactly the same layout and we came up with this playbook and everything and we had I think we had two or three breakaways in the first three minutes so we could have been two three and up in Canada that would have been which, good which <laughs> I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it when, when, when Scotty Henderson got a couple of breakaways, I, I just like, what? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we had a tough tournament. I mean, I mean, Kazakhstan, I mean, the average height of them was probably six foot nine and, and 230 pounds. I mean, they were huge. And, but you got to remember these, you know, these guys, and you know, the whole Canada thing. I mean, they, they have the whole of Canada to draft their players and they're all from, all from the OHL or the WHL or, or the Q. The Kazakhstan, the, the Kazakhstanis play sort of, excuse me, KHL. Or, or something similar, um, and we thought the Swiss would be sort of. We thought the Swiss and the Latvians would be sort of a target because we saw them play, and we thought they weren't great um, against each other. And obviously, the Swiss have got some, you know, some have got NLA experience, and the Latvians have some, you know, high-end Latvian experience. And we thought, oh, we could probably run them close. And then obviously, <laughs> they turn up a gear against us because it's us. Um, everyone's probably thinking. Um, and funny enough, you know, the Latvians were the, so we, we were begging for a game to be televised and we were out there. And it so happened to be Latvia and then we, we didn't play very well, um, unfortunately, and we got pumped, but then we had to kind of had to regroup, um, ready for the next game. That's a, that's a thing, with, that's the thing when you go away. It's like, you don't have much time to kind of dwell on things. I mean, that's, that's kind of a good and a bad thing. Um, you don't have much time to dwell on things. So you get a bad result. 
which is obviously you know expected from a lot of people when we're out there. Um, you know, time to done it. So it's just get back to work the next day, get back to what we're doing, um, and then just see how far we can go, basically. Yeah, yeah. And um, what what was the day like um, at, at the university games? What was, what was the day like? Yeah, what does it consist of? A game day, obviously, not... A game day? Yeah. Um, well, it pretty much depended on what time our game was, because sometimes we had games sort of really early afternoon. We're talking like 12 or even 11 in the morning. Um, sometimes we had games at 5. Um, but, I mean, I mean, the usual usual thing for... So I was showing around the CJ... Um, so I can only talk from our experience, but I mean, we we were making we were making sure that we were in bed at a reasonable time. Um, we got up sort of early breakfast. We we'll probably have a pre-game skate. Um, probably for about I don't know, uh, three quarters of an hour to an hour. Um, there was some time to chill out, and then we go and warm up, play some two touch kind of thing, get ready, and then game was done. Obviously, play the game. Game was done, and then we go back get some food and just chill out for a bit. We were quite lucky in the fact that both places we went to, they had sort of rooms to chill out. You know, you could you could play sort of play you know uh, air hockey or they're like a lot of arcade games. Yeah, and a lot of, sort of video games and stuff. So you, or or swimming pool, jacuzzi kind of thing. So you could always go and chill out, and <clears throat> everyone was kind of allowed to kind of do their thing after a game. So that was quite that was kind of cool. That's that's cool, and and uh, you you were just talking about it there. So. Um, you're you're out there. You were sharing a room with uh, Christian Johnson or CJ as he's he's called, um, who incidentally is not Scottish. I thought he was Scottish until he had this no, no, distinct no, Geordie accent. Um, um, and he uh, he obviously gets you a uh, still game. Um, yeah. So uh, t- tell us a bit about what you like about still game and and and, and how it came to pass that a, a man from so far south ended up watching still game. <laughs> so what's funny about that is he's got me onto it and I've probably got another 20 people onto it as well so it's kind of spreading like the virus around south it's <laughs> <laughs> a nicer thing to spread than the virus right enough so that's <laughs> yeah. do you know what it, I mean you, you know as well as me I mean oh, I, I mean, oh, I was lucky in the fact I knew all the terminology because of CJ so we we go down for Scranet eight o'clock or something on a game day like that kind of thing um but it's just so easy watching it's just it's so good and and you know a lot of the time me and the girlfriend watch it in bed and stuff like it's just it's just it's just funny like i don't know what other way to describe it it's um you see two old blokes and they're living the dream, just being retired and sinking a few pints and doing their thing, you know. I mean, not in the nicest of areas, but, you know, it's kind of cool. And it's just, yeah, I know, it's just, it's just hilarious. <laughs> i got to say, I think, I think Winston's my favourite character. I, I I think for a lot of people, Winston's the favourite the favorite character. Or even Shug. I like Shug. He's a bit of a dark horse character. Yeah, he's, he's got more of a bit part. But, yeah, no, I do I do like him. Um, I think I think maybe my favourite is Naveed. Um, yeah. He certainly grows into the grows into. It. First, he's more just a bit part, but then becomes much more part of it. And I went to a couple of live shows, and certainly he was one of the Did you? Oh, yeah, wow. uh, one of the better guys at the at the live shows. Um, does it does it shock you to know that Craig Lang is not a real area in Glasgow? For the sake of the podcast, I'm going to say yes, but <laughs> I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just wondered if you, if you if you'd worked out or not. So, um, obviously before you went to uh, Wugs last year, um, there was the IES game in 2018, um, which you participated in. Unfortunately, you couldn't make the one in 2019. Yeah. Um, now there were some. Uh, I spoke to you before it. And you seemed pretty excited. Um, spoke to you during the period break and all the rest of it. But leading up to that game, were you guys surprised at like sort of the way IS came out in that game, they obviously had the one nil uh, lead yeah. after the first period. Were you guys surprised by what they were what they were like? I think we were. Obviously, I, I mean, obviously, I, I can get a feeling of the room. Um, 
but on a personal level, I, I was very surprised. Um, we obviously got guys like Vanny, Tom Ralph, um, CJ, me that played league hockey, and I mean, you know, never underestimate the dark horse, obviously, but um, however the saying goes. Um, but we never knew what to expect. I think that was our biggest thing, because we never knew what to expect. And I think we might have taken it. I mean, I'm, we're, we're talking, uh, what was it, two, two years ago, a year ago? I can't remember what it was. I know you just said it. Um, 2018. 2018, two years. Thank you very much. Thank you. My master's in my strong point. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think, I think we. I think we underestimated them quite a bit in the first period, and I think we took it a bit easy and a bit sort of lackadaisical. Um, and then we kind of realised that, Jesus, they've actually got some really good players, obviously, um, with our team not actually having many uni players. Yeah. And obviously, I, I can only play nationals because of my club hockey. Um, so I've only experienced a couple of them, you know, like Vlad's and that. Um so obviously, I knew, so we knew Vlad was a danger because a couple of us played against him. We knew he was he was a real danger. Obviously, he's a very gifted player. When um, I heard about uh, Fabian being a very accomplished goalie, um, so we kind of had a couple of them sort of penciled out as you know, just to be you know really like uh, good players and uh, you know kinds of you know to watch out for and and things like that. Um, but I don't I didn't expect them why why didn't expect so quickly was how they how well they gelled as a unit especially only having a morning together yeah they gelled really well um and they played as a team we thought they'd play as a bunch of individuals um which i think you might have mentioned at some point or another um because yeah. they didn't play together at all um so i i thought they'd play as a bunch of individuals um but obviously we had a bit of a shock in the first period and we kind of Dress the change room down a little bit between the first and the second, and luckily the tides turned in our favour. And did you, did you have any words of wisdom for everyone? Were you were you uh, were you part of the dressing down, or were you being dressed like, down well, by the coaches? Or <clears throat> um, I, I had some words of wisdom, but I'm not sure I can share them. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean, I think a few of us had some words of wisdom. And, and in terms of in terms of that game in itself, I mean, obviously it's not going to prepare you for fully for what you're going to see at once. But as a as a spectacle event, do you think it's quite an important game? Is it quite a good thing to be a part of? But, well, first things, I think in in regards to preparing us, I think it was the best thing that you as an association could have done personally, because we went to Kazakhstan. And we had no experience of playing together. We had no idea what line combos would work. We had no idea what deep pairings would work. That sort of thing. And I think, I think you guys as the BIHA really helped us out in that aspect. Um, because I remember we went to Russia thinking, right, so he could play with him and he could play with him. Those two can play together. And then we'll start off with this goalie, blah, blah, blah. Um, as a spectacle, I think, I mean, I think it was, it was, I mean, that game in particular really was good. It got his money's worth from a, from a fan point of view, as I said to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the, the way the BIHA is progressing, I think is astonishing, really. I mean, you, you guys gone from, from live streaming up the top to, live cameras on the ice and I think it's only a matter of time before you get a, a pretty good audience of decent numbers and I think the well, I'm hoping the quality of university ice hockey will go up um, um, well thank you I'm flattered to hear that you think we're doing a good job not everyone we don't get that Absolutely. from everyone only <laughs> <laughs> um, my experience Rambo um, obviously uh, the game obviously ended I think it was 5-1 the final score um, I'm not sure if you were still in the penalty box at the end of it after um, <laughs> making best friends with Chase McCarthy. Uh, but, we made we made we made up during nationals. <laughs> we made up during nationals. Um, I think that's I think a lot of the IS guys made up during nationals and GBU guys just because they were all shattered. I think after playing the game before and then. Oh, you've you've no idea. Like, 
I can only speak from personal point of view, but you interviewed me that weekend and I rewatched it and I looked back at the interview where you interviewed me and I was like, I didn't even answer your question. I was so tired. I was just like, I need to go to bed. <laughs> I think I played, I think I played 12, was it, I can't, I can't remember how many, I think it was like 12 games and that weekend. So we had the division two play, uh, checking playoff as well in there as well. So it was like a full game. Yeah, that's right. I so remember. I, I played 12 games in two days. <laughs> um, yeah, um, and then you, uh, who was it? Who was the boy in your team that done the ridiculous celebration as well? Oh, are, you talk, are, you talk, are you talking Southampton? Are you talking Southampton? TV? Is that Nembard or something? Is that his name? Oh yeah, no, he he I, he played with us that weekend, but you're I think you're referring to before I was playing for Southampton. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had Deck with the white skates. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Two of your favourites. Yeah. How, so you um, you ended up with GBU obviously 2017. How did you end yeah. up with the finding out about the Spitfires? I've got this vision of like Simon Gifford just turning up at people's doors at like one in the morning, <laughs> uh, or sitting at the end of their bed when they wake up and telling them they must come to to Southampton. Uh, that's, uh, that's 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 a dodgy question because I've I've seen I've seen the reaction some people put on the live stream about it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, right. So, so basically, obviously, my uni. So, I'm, I'm, I'm based in London, university-wise, mm-hmm. but I don't live anywhere near London. Right. Um, and I live closer to Southampton than I do London. Um. So. A couple of guys I played junior with, like, oh, do you want to come play sort of uni hockey and stuff? And I was a bit hesitant at first and that. And they were saying, I think it was Moggy, actually. He was like, oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a good weekend. Like, we get to get, like, you know, sort of play together and, and things like that and whoever else it was. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I obviously talked to this guy, Simon, or we'll give me a number and stuff. And then obviously we got in contact, um, did a few trainings and that. Um, and it kind of went from there, obviously. Um, I was I was I was stuck because I I wasn't obviously my union I said not my union not having a hockey team and then being close to Hampton and it sounded like a really good idea obviously I kind of sort of jumped at the chance for a bit of extra hockey and so it happened and and it sounds like you're glad that you you made that decision to go to yeah I mean I said, I said to you I said to you I mean I mean I mean um, I was I was really looking forward to nationals this year. It's one of my favourite weekends of the year. Um, out of everything, as I said, because you see old faces, um, guys you haven't seen for you sort of you know five, six, seven years, and you know you still like mates because you're playing on the same team. Um, and there's no sort of pressure on you, so to speak. You can want to go and have a good time, have a meal together, have a drink, and all that. And you play the next day, and it's just, and, and obviously you guys do a great job, and it, you know you can always come up and see you and Miller and all that, and it's always good fun, and just a shame it's not going to, you know, not going ahead this year. Yeah, really. yeah. Um, and to clarify for anyone who will moan, um, be actually a real state. If your university doesn't have a team, then you play for the university team nearest to where you live. So thank just you. So, just thank so everybody you. listening gets that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, obviously, I'm gutted about Nationals not going going ahead this year. Um, does, that mean, does that mean I get an extra year? Um, well, you're not, you're not finished university, are you? I'm finishing this year. Yes, yeah, so you have your one-year alumni year next year. Yeah, but for COVID-19, sure, I get an extra year. Uh, well, you'll have to speak to the big cheese Andy Wheeler about that one. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people would would like to take take up such an offer if one, one was available uh, to them. Um, so... Uh, now we've sort of been through your career a bit. Um, obviously, uh, at nationals, um, you've you played a couple of, a couple of times. You, did you win it the first year you played it? I can't. Yeah, yeah, we won the first year we played it. Yeah, won the first year, but you you lost the check in two finals. That is that right? <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a wall by shootout, wasn't it? That yeah. one against Matt. <laughs> that's that's the good. Wall by shootout. They score one, we score two. They score two, we score one. They score two, we score. Yeah. More. Yeah, that was. Uh, um, um, but you you won the first year. Obviously, last year uh, I think you guys maybe didn't quite make it out of the group stages. As it were, where I think we made I think we made the semis. Um, but then we played against Oxford, and I think we're both depleted. But they just they just played 
they just play really well. Oh, um, I think that might be right. Yeah, Oxford. Uh, that's when Fabian shut everybody out or something like that. So that, yeah. that's <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's right. Um, yeah, um, Maggie Benson, who played for the Eagles in uh, that year for Edinburgh, what what would make it? Want me to ask you if you remember getting nailed by her behind the goal? Yeah, I'm sure that was from behind, Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was from behind. Yeah, I mean she she she's four she's like four foot ten or something. So I mean she. <laughs> no, I give I give I give her credit when it's due. No, that was um, I I I I just didn't have my hand on the swivel and, and and she hit me she hit me well. Um, no. To, to, be honest, to be quite honest, I wasn't expecting it, and then she just came in like an absolute steam train, and she just got me. So, uh, fair enough. Uh, fair play to her. Um, in terms, of, in terms of hockey in general, what's what's been your probably your your favourite moment in in a hockey sense? What was your moment you look back on? You think this will be the last thing I see as a as I'm an old man type thing. Uh. I think number one, I've got two. I think number one would be captaining GB in Russia. That's got to be, got to be number one. Um, number two, I think, was stepping up to the Flames. Obviously, being as a kid, um, looking up to him and everything. So I think, yeah, those two. Those two would definitely be sort of up there, for sure. And, um, and what was your favourite game you've ever played in? We've all got a game that we remember where you're just, you just had a great game. Uh, I can't say for my plus minus that I had a great game, but I think any time playing as Canada. Fair enough. I think I'd enjoy that as well, just for this year. I feel of playing against Canada. Yeah, no, I think my first my first time. Yeah, I think my first time against Canada. Yeah, or my or my my I think my first my my assist against the USA ranks up there as well. So, I mean, that that's pretty special to me. Nice, nice. Um. And uh, you uh, do? You, do you play any other sports outside of hockey? Is there anything else you've got yeah. taken interest in? Yeah, so I play. Um, I play a lot of cricket, which I don't know if you've heard of being in Scotland. We have. We're not very good at it, but we're <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I play a lot of cricket. It was um, when I was younger. It was a choice between that or hockey. Um, when you're 15 years old and you're interested in girls, what's, what's cooler to say? You, you play hockey or you play cricket. So I sat the cricket off. <laughs> 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 But I still, I still, I still play it. Um, my dad's team. Um, I do a lot of fishing. Um, obviously, we're allowed now, but we weren't. So I do a lot of fishing. Um, into my sort of shooting, hunting kind of thing. Being in the country, um, I enjoy my golf. And then, what's better to round everything off when you've had a few beers, playing a bit of darts? Fair enough. Oh yeah, yeah. And is there a, lots of transferable skills there for your hockey? Yeah, well, I don't know if they transferred yet, but yeah, they could be. Um, well, I mean, you're uh, obviously cricket. You've got a bit hand-eye in cricket. Um, uh, I'm not sure about darts, to be fair. I mean, you sort of got to aim, <laughs> I guess. Um, and golf, golf's a good uh, good summer sport that just gets you out for a walk and stuff as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, um, nice courses. So, yeah. Um, and in terms of in terms of obviously you've had these abroad experiences with hockey and stuff. Did what was your favourite one of the two out of Russia and, and Kazakhstan? <laughs> um, do you know what? It's funny you ask me that because I, I, I obviously me and me and CJ are really quite close. Um, and I've had that conversation with them, so we've toyed with that for quite a bit. Um, I think for the fact of being a player, Russia being being obviously captain of your country, but Kazakhstan was a lot more relaxed, and you know we can go and we can go and sort of explore things and do our own thing a little bit, um, sort of as a unit. You know, we can go for a couple of beers. You know, obviously, you know, guided because we didn't know where we we're going. So I think socially Kazakhstan, but as a hockey player, Russia. Fair enough. But it's really quite, it's really quite hard to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then um, 
since you since you've talked about CJ and, and being your roommate, is it, who's who's the worst roommate you've ever had in terms of? You know, there's always been someone who snores too much, has smelly feet, or has weird uh, habits. <laughs> Sam Chima. There you go. I said it. Fair enough. <laughs> Do you want yeah. to elaborate on that, or do you just want to say? I'm. 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 I'm not. If if any of the boys are listening to this, they they'd know what I mean. But I'm. I'm not sure I'm allowed to elaborate on that. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. And uh, in terms of in terms of within the UK with the the travel and stuff like uni hockey, back when I played yeah. in Division One, first first played in Division One many moons ago, and um, yeah. it was a it was a national conference. They tried to do this thing where like Edinburgh would have to play Southampton and stuff. Hey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't know who was in charge at the time. It wasn't Miller. That's 600 quid a week kind of thing. It's <laughs> absolutely bonkers. Um, I do remember a road trip to uh, to London. Well, I say road trip. We went on the train um, to London and then got our kit on the tube. Then went well, to Long. Yeah. So that because it was cheaper than getting a bus. Oh, uh, we had we came back from Kazakhstan. <laughs> the aforementioned Sam Chima. So he lives not too far from me. He lives on the outskirts of London. And we obviously we flew out of Birmingham, and we landed in Russia. At like five o'clock rush hour, and obviously London's Birmingham train's quite busy because people obviously from Birmingham going to work to London, and obviously vice versa. <laughs> and we got on this this train, and I, I swear to God, it was sardines, and we had rucksacks, suitcases, kit bags, sticks, more suitcases, and we probably took up hot, like half a carriage, and that's probably the worst moment of my hockey career. <laughs> was was the the train journey home? Just the train journey home, yeah. It was horrendous. Yeah. yeah I, I remember the train journey home with us. We didn't have a seat because um, we we'd booked these sort of open return tickets um, and we got in the wrong carriage or something. And when we came back up, um, this group of like sort of elderly women got on the train, yeah. kicked us out of our seats. So we all had to stand for the whole journey back. Hadn't slept it through the night and stuff. So um, yeah, I can imagine the train journey from a hockey trip is not especially well, after that either. You didn't have a seat either. We no, we hadn't slept. I mean, we we went out sort of the last night just as a group went to go and get some food and had a few beers and stuff. And we you couldn't obviously realise how that turned out. Um, and then I mean, it was it was a str- I mean, we hadn't slept in thirty six hours. I mean, we're getting um, we weren't able to sort of function properly really we're just like pure zombie yeah it was horrendous yeah I remember getting home from that and my f- friend came over and we we're going to watch a film or something like that he, he had played as well and I <laughs> fell asleep like he turned it basically turned it on and you know that thing normally if you're watching TV with someone like normally your partner or something they fall asleep yeah. as soon as you put the movie on I was that guy I mean we weren't partners but I was the guy that just fell asleep you fell asleep on him yeah um, you woke up. You woke up with an arm around your neck. Just, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, that bit I was okay with. But uh, uh, so, um, what was I going to say? Yes. In terms of the UK, what's the what's the furthest you've had to travel for it for a game? Um, and and how did you get there? Furthest? Uh, are we what within the UK? Yeah, within the UK, because obviously Russia. Are you the furthest I've ever been as Hull? <laughs> Oh, that's not so bad then. <laughs> it's bad when, bad when you're on the coach, but I mean, the first I've had to go is hot. I mean, we we're supposed to have a thing at Dumfries years ago, but that never really went ahead. So, I've, I've well, I've been quite fortunate in my career to not have to travel the whole country length, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, hot. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the furthest I've been, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, junior, junior tournaments, junior tournaments, getting a coach like France and Holland and that, which was just fun when you're a kid. But I mean, it's not. It's, don't, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not fun when you're playing schnapps on the coach for six hours. Mm-hmm. That's that's fun. But I mean, yeah, I think obviously the furthest I've been, coach, yeah, within the UK. Yeah, yeah. I've been to Hull. Uh, well, I've been to Hull a couple of times. I went to Hull for a game, Hull Pirates against Billingham Stars. I think it was last season or the season before. I think it was the season before because we, or no, it might have been, the, no, it might have been last season because we, um, 
when I was at Basingstoke, we entered this awesome cup, which meant we had to go to Hull, Sheffield, Telford mm-hmm. and play them when the other teams didn't want to do it. So we entered that. So I think that was, yeah, I think it was last season when they were playing like Billingham and everyone. Yeah. And then obviously, like, it changed this year. Yeah. It's actually quite, it was, the crowd was quite raucous and stuff. Um, but the coffee was the worst coffee I've ever tasted in any ice rink in the UK. Nothing ha- beats a cafe coffee, Rambo. An ice rink cafe coffee. Yeah, well, this whole one was the worst one. Cheesy chips. <laughs> well, they had the, what was it, chip spice they have in Hull? They don't do chips and cheese in Hull. Chip spice, yeah, something like that, yeah. 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 Um, was that one of your questions the other day? What was my, what was my question? Or was it no, 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 we no, it wasn't, no, sorry, forget me, no, we no, it was one of the um quiz questions we did with um a couple of the boys from Kazakhstan. One of them was where is which rink in the country is known having chip spice or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's Hull. It's Hull. <laughs> um so um yeah, you, you you obviously tune in to some of the uh, the live stream stuff and the the uh, quizzes and things like that. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think one of the my favourite things about like yourself and certainly seen Stuart Mogg do it is when I look down at Tier Six Nationals weekend, and then there's a comment dropped by Chris Cook or Stuart Mogg about you know about what's going on in the in the Tier Six Nationals. I mean, you guys obviously tuned in for that's a level way below what you ever played. Uh, but what what sort of interests you in the sort of the lower levels of the BIG? It's it's getting like it's people getting into hockey that I love. I, d- I did a bit of coaching when I was back in Guildford, um, got my badges and everything. Um, but it's nice to see people just playing hockey and have like having a good time. Yeah. And not taking it too seriously, and everyone's just really enjoying it. Um, everyone knows how great a weekend it is, and obviously your commentary puts it a long way. <laughs> that, that helps. Um, but it's just really nice to see people getting involved with the sport. And I mean, we all know how hard it is to promote the sport in this country. And obviously, GB, like legit GB, did a great job in promoting it um, with Roseanne and everything, which Sally hasn't gone ahead or wherever it was this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I love, I just love watching hockey, and I love seeing people enjoy hockey and. I don't ever want to see everyone. I don't ever want to see anyone doing it because it's a chore. Because I've been through that, and it's not nice. You know, you you start the game because you love it. You continue the game because you love it, and in no way should it become a chore. And I think that's what's great about those tears is that it's never been a chore, and people are just enjoying it and. Obviously, you get a few danger zones in the Zamboni end and everything, and it's it's, it's good, it's good fun. And you know, you haven't you haven't got the league boys there, you know, taking it too seriously. I, but, I mean, I don't know if I do. People might have a different opinion, but I, you know, I try to enjoy it, and I hope they really enjoy it. And that's what's really nice to see. Cool, cool. Um, so there, there, there's one thing I know people will, will want want to know about Chris Cook is. Uh, <laughs> How how does it feel having one of the best flows in in uh, British ice hockey? <laughs> I, saw, I saw one of your comments the other day about someone's flow as well, and I got a little bit jealous. I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> wow. Is it is it one of the best? I I, I don't know. I, I can't comment on that, but um, I like to think it's one of the best. It just it, you know it takes a lot of conditioner, it takes a lot of high grade shampoo and a lot of care and you know as long as you get the, you know as long as you get it out of the helmet it's it's all good to go <laughs> and uh, you um so it sounds like it's it's a bit of a task to keep it keeping for so for any any young young person want to want to have a flow they, they need to be prepared to to give it the time it deserves the flow is for life not just for christmas is that flows the flow <laughs> well <laughs> how long have we got <laughs> um Anyone that's get through the awkward stage, that's why I'd say. Get through the awkward stage, maintain it, make sure you brush it regularly, free of knots. Uh, make sure you use a good conditioner, a good shampoo, Tresemme, I use Tresemme. Um, 
But make sure, yeah, make sure you use a good conditioner, good shampoo, look after it, and it will look after you. Good, good stuff. That's uh, good words of wisdom. Now, how many, how many flows do we have in the BOHA, by the way? There's probably quite a lot. Um, there's quite a lot. Yeah, there's quite a lot. But yours is one of the best because it's so kind of straight. It's a proper hockey player's flow. Whereas, quite a yaga back yeah, in the day. Yeah, I know. Like, see, when you see anyone that's they've got a good flow, but they put in a ponytail, it's not for me. Like, but. Uh, <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, that is one of the worst things. I mean, we, we've had that we've had that discussion with the team. We played against a guy this year who had quite good flow, and he put it in a ponytail when he played. And no, don't know. No. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not anything against against you know playing how you feel comfortable, but it just doesn't. It's a waste of a good flow. Um, <laughs> good enough, Henry Petterberg. It's good enough for anyone. Yeah. Um. Exactly. Um. Now, uh, because of the times we're, we're living in and people can't get out and stuff, we've been yeah. asking for uh, for recommendations. Um, we had Callie on the last one, who obviously we asked him about Finnish metal. Um, what, what's uh, for you? What's your what's your your pre-game jams that you you like to listen to before you before you go nice? Oh Jesus! Um, I'm a huge country fan. So like Luke Combs, that sort of thing. Um. I'm a huge country fan. Oh dear, this is this is not a, a, a visual pod, but it, we just had Chris Cook wear a cowboy hat. Um, I, got, on... I got cowboy boots down there as well, if you want to see him. Uh, <laughs> um, I actually do. I'm not lying. <laughs> um, yeah, I like I like a bit of country. Um... Oh wow, those are proper cowboy boots. Yeah, no, I like uh, I like a lot of country. Um, I think that's usually before training um, to be honest with you but I like a lot of um, old school rock like ACDC Guns N' Roses um, don't mind the odd sort of bit of house or um, heavy metal or anything like that um, but yeah mainly like sort of you know Guns N' Roses ACDC Iron Maiden that kind of thing and if if you could recommend one country artist that everyone should check out, who would it who would it be? Chris Stapleton. Chris, could you say that again? Chris Stapleton. Oh, Chris. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. I, that. Yes, you should. Luke Combs is good though. You mentioned Luke Combs. He's good. Luke Bryan. He's one of my favourites. Oh, I like Luke Bryan. I've seen Luke Bryan actually. Yeah. Uh, up in the in the Armadillo in Glasgow, he's uh, he was there as part of uh, the country the original country to country, which was only in the Armadillo because. Um, like the hydro and everything were seen as too big for it and then yeah, they kept yeah. selling it out so they had to put it in the hydro and, and fill that out so yeah um, no no, they're, they're all good artists and everyone should go go check them out um, 100% any uh, any shows or anything you've been watching on Netflix or otherwise that, that people should check out um, still game of course I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna yeah <laughs> I'm going to plug Steel Game to this ends. Steel Game. Go and watch Steel Game. Um, not anything... Re- I've, st- I've still got to watch Target King. I've not started that yet, actually. I've heard great things about it. Um, Sons of Anarchy, I'm a huge fan of. I've probably watched that a lot of times. Um, nothing really at the minute. More, more on TV rather than Netflix. Just in those families, sort of SES kind of thing. You know, yeah, not not hugely. I mean, I'm too busy with the uni work to be honest. To be quite honest with you. Yeah. Now, now that you've uh, you've finished still game, have you have you not have you checked out during the fight yet? Um, I'm scared. I'm, I'm scared to, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I seem to just go around the circles of still game. I sort of start from one to eight and then go around again because <laughs> I'm always worried that during the fight's never going to be so good, but. Well, tune the maybe, fact. Tune the fact was before Still Game, so um, uh, Jack and Victor appear in uh, Tune the Fat in some of the skits, and then that's where they they came from to be in uh, in Still Game. Oh, okay. So, I never knew that. Uh, yeah, so you get some of the original ones, uh, ones where they're in the bar singing as well, which is quite good. So. Yeah, on Netflix it's all the best ones as well. So all the sort of rubbishy skits they kind of cut out in us there. Usually I don't get a say in it. My girlfriend does, so she runs. Obviously she runs. She runs the Netflix, so I don't really get much of a choice. 
All right, okay. Well, you can tell the ramble says tune the fans watch watch it, and um, if you want to, um, you'll listen to that as well. Yeah, well, well, that's good to know that I've I've some influence in your in your uh, relationship. That's excellent. To know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Chris, it's, it's been great, obviously talking about stuff. Is it? I think we've covered most things. How you got into hockey and your trips to GBU and things. Is it? Is there? Is there anyone you want to give a, a shout out to in the pod? Um, obviously, standard procedure. I give a shout out to the old man for um, letting me do everything. I, I I knew he sacrificed a lot for me to do what I do, being a single parent and everything. Um, in fact, he, he sacrificed everything for me to do it. Um, shout out to the boys that I went away with. Um, a lot of thanks to you guys for, for doing what you do please keep it up um, because it's it's awesome to see um, awesome to hear and yeah shout out to everyone that's listening really yeah yeah well thanks very much everyone for listening thanks to Chris for his time obviously and uh, we'll be back with another episode soon mm-hmm.